1: this is Paul Noonan of Reporting is Eligible. Um, I happen to be on the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast um, for the Steelers, previewing the Packers, with Michael Beck and Jeffrey Benedict, and we thought we'd Pop the little excerpt that we ma- that we got from the podcast where I'm on it um, onto our feed, so you can check that out. Um, if you do want a more in-depth preview of the Steelers, uh, I do think it's helpful to check out the the other um, sites that you know the competing teams They pretty much all do podcasts, and it's good to get a read on everybody. So if you want to check out the the full-length thing, you can pop over to Behind the Steel Curtain, the SB Nation Steelers site. You'll find this podcast right up at the top, and uh, d- do give that a listen as well. But for the excerpt, just stay tuned here and. Uh, here it
0: is
2: Pittsburgh Steeler fans. It is time once again for another edition of the Know your enemy podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of behind the and we're bringing it to you again, but first and foremost, I have to bring in my, uh, my co-host, uh, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how
0: are you doing tonight, sir? I am staying alive, Michael. It's, we're, we're hanging in here. Well, that's, we're okay.
2: That's one way to put it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll dive into that in the second half and make sure uh, everything's uh, going well over in uh, the Benedict household. We'll, we'll, we'll check in. But uh, we have a special guest to get to first, so your problems can wait. Uh, Mr. Paul Noonan <laughs> from uh, the Acme uh, Packing Company. Paul, how are you doing tonight, sir?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Oh, it's our pleasure. Now, First thing to kick off the show, I, I know a ton of Steelers fans have watched it and talked about it a, a ton online. I, I'm guessing you probably seen the clip from Aaron Rodgers doing his weekly hit on the Pat McAfee show, gushing it up over Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Uh, I, I know he he was uh, a little tense uh, with the team in the offseason. I know Steelers fans are already penciling him <laughs> in the lineup next year. So <laughs> I, I'm curious whether or not you saw the spot and what your thoughts on that were.
1: Um, I, I actually saw clips from it, but I, uh, just generally speaking – um, it's no secret amongst Packer fans that Aaron is almost certainly done at the end of the season. I know there's a few people who suggested he might come back if things go really well, just don't see it happening. So um, when he is, you know, buttering up potential suitors in the off season, frankly, not that big a deal. And I mean, it bothers some people a lot because it's, you know, questioning loyalty right now, but I think we've all come to terms with the fact that this is a business arrangement this year that, there was no way for him to leave this year without wreaking salary cap hell on the team. And that, you know, it, there are certain places he would like to go and certain situations he'd like to be in. And when he whenever he inkles anything like that, it's fine. Also, Aaron's just a huge troll. And yeah. whenever he goes on yeah. any show, um, Pat's or anybody else's, there's always something there just to annoy people, be it the I'm offended t-shirt or um, that, just how he is. He likes to get people uh, riled up and it's one of Aaron's little weird quirks and uh, one of the reasons he's he's not a great guy. He's a good quarterback, but he's a uh, he's not the nicest person in the world.
0: It's an okay guy. <laughs> yeah. Is this is this where does where does the Aaron Rodgers drama rank on the Brett Favre scale of
1: drama? <laughs> I, I think um, higher than any of the Brett Favre drama. Um, okay. Wow. Just Brett Favre was sort of a constant low level hum, and it, he actually. <laughs> He retired a few times, then decided to come back a few times and, and left the team, I think, legitimately without a good idea of what was going on, um, but always, I think, was willing to come back, even when they decided to trade him and move on from the team. And Aaron, I think this is like a this is like a divorce. This is um, two entities that are getting along because they need to get along, but don't really like each other. Um, the, the future's in sight, and everybody will be happier once we get there. So um, the, the, the Favre thing it ended kind of ugly but it ended rationally with Aaron as quarterback and with um you know Brett getting to go out on his own terms this is this is a fight this is a pass. So.
2: now i'm sure i'm sure we could chat about uh packers qb drama pretty much all night cuz there's there's been a decent amount of it the the well, past couple decades really but uh getting into this matchup of course the packers they started slow against the saints but have uh, dialed it up of course that uh, last second uh, victory over the 49ers on Sunday night football, uh, the Green Bay looks to be heading in the, in the right direction, kind of getting back on that uh, that uh, one of the top contenders of the NFC pace. Uh, would you agree with that? or Are they kind of looking like the team that uh, people kind of expected from them?
1: I think so. It's still it's so early, it is hard to tell just what is and what is not a quality win. I mean, they beat Detroit two weeks ago, which, you know, everybody we assumed is going to beat Detroit, but then Detroit almost knocks off the Ravens the following week, and maybe that win's a little more impressive than we originally thought. They're at least playing hard, even if they don't have talent. Um, And I I think beating Kyle Shanahan is always a pretty good sign. Um, It it means that you didn't do anything terribly stupid. And um, you have to play a nice sound game to beat the 49ers, even if they are a little bit undermanned. So I I do like the way they're trending. And the Packers have made some uh, key changes on the defense that seem to really be rounding them into a halfway decent form for the first time in a while. So I really like how that's picking up. Offense, Offense looks good. I mean... We don't have a ton of concern about any Aaron-led offense. It'll be at least okay, and yeah, they look like they're they look like they're kind of flaring on all cylinders now. It's good.
0: How important is this game now to the Packers, just uh, for season outlook, but also for the fans and knowing like is this where does this team stand? How important is a win at home against Pittsburgh?
1: Um, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not really sure that this one is that important in the grand scheme of things. Just it's out of conference. Um, and I, I think it's going to be hard to get a real good judgment out of how Pittsburgh is at this point too. I mean, one of the one of the things that's happened with every Packer opponent so far is they've all been hurt a lot. Um, even though the Saints won, the Saints were missing a ton of players in that game. Detroit is just not an NFL team really. And um, the 49ers were missing a ton of guys too. And now I know my, my understanding is that the Steelers are missing a ton of key personnel on offense and defense. And I think it makes it hard to gauge how that how quality of that game is going to be. So uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, it, you always get to win every game. There's not that many football games during a season. All They're all important. But, um, uh, you know, if, if the Packers got caught looking past this one a little bit and, and, like, laid a stinker, it wouldn't surprise me that much. They've been prone to that in the past, um, especially on out-of-conference games where they're not familiar with the opponent.
2: So kind of like the Steelers of the NFC, I I think we can all uh, (laughs) appreciate uh, losing the lesser opponents. Uh, Okay, just had a a cold chill run down my spine thinking about that. But getting back on topic here, um, in this game specifically, I I don't expect you to watch too much uh, Steelers tape, but obviously uh, last week especially the Steelers offense was pretty non-existent. Uh, It was kind of shut down to basically check downs to Najee Harris or kind of wide receiver swing passes or screens. Is the vibe in kind of a Green Bay or really at the at the website that this is a, a game that's kind of ripe for the picking and a Steelers team that uh, can be kind of uh, taken down?
1: I do think that we think the Packers should win this game, that um, the Steelers look vulnerable. I, frankly, it's a good time to get them. I, I, you guys could probably update me on this one than anybody, but especially if uh, Watt and Highsmith are going to miss the game. Um, and then that's just a situation where they should be able to score more or less at will. And I think if you. Um, if you get really ahead of Ben Roethlisberger and have to force uh, him to push the ball down the field, then you're just in good shape. And I think that's kind of how we see the game playing out to a large extent. Um, so that, that's kind of it. Now, you know, it, it, if they get behind, the Packers have some defensive issues that can be exploited. So it's not like a sure thing. But um, I feel like we're catching the, the Steelers at a good time here. Um, and uh, I, it's probably better now than later in the season.
2: Now, you can force Ben Roethlisberger to throw the ball in the middle of the field, but he, he's not going to do it. He's still just going to throw the checkdowns. We saw that last <laughs> week. Uh, G- Jeffrey, go ahead with your question. Uh,
0: you you were talking about TJ Watt. I, I think uh, Michael and I were actually just talking right before you came on about, like, what would it take for TJ Watt to miss this game when he was kind of questionable and they kind of erred on the side of caution last week. Uh, and we were talking, like, it's not guaranteed he will ever get a shot to play in Green Bay again. Uh, So we think he's going to play. (laughs) How much does, if TJ Watt plays or not plays, in your opinion, just from an outside team's perspective, uh, affect your expectation of how this game goes?
1: So normally I don't think that one defensive player matters that much. But in this case, I think it matters kind of a lot. Um, the Packers have a, a pretty distinct vulnerability on defense where Aaron Rodgers has struggled, which is playing a two-deep safety look and generating a pass rush with, without having to blitz much. If you take a guy in, out, out of the secondary to blitz, he can usually exploit the missing area. Um, if you can avoid doing that, um, Aaron Rodgers actually has trouble being patient, and he often gets himself into trouble against that look. And, and teams have started to pick up on this. It's one of the reasons the Saints actually won in week one, is even though they were undermanned, they were able to keep that look the whole game and rely on Lattimore to shut down Devonte Adams and force Rogers to basically dink and dunk down the field. And he, he frankly just couldn't do it. Um, if the Steelers can generate that kind of pass rush, they can mimic that. And I think they can be effective doing that. If they do have especially Watt out there who really kind of fixes that problem all by himself, if he's, you know, 80% or so. Um, and so I think that's a huge factor. If, if he's not out there and the Steelers are forced to create pressure in more creative ways, it's just hard to stop the Packers. If you don't, uh, a lot of teams have had success doing so, and I think that they have the horses to do it. I mean, they were the number one defense in the league last year, and I know they've been hurt and not the number one defense in the league this year, but the talent's still there. It's just a matter of, of getting it together and having a solid plan to deal with Green Bay.
2: Now, flipping things over to the other side of the ball here, uh, the Steelers, of course, last year had the worst uh, rushing attack in football. This year, somehow, it's seemingly worse. Um, are, are, the, are the Steelers, will they be able to find any bubbles anywhere against this, this Green Bay uh, rush defense? Or is this one that uh, we're in for another day of Najee Harris just getting beat up on the last scrimmage?
1: This one's tricky, and, and I think we're still kind of dealing with small sample size here. But the Packers have been pretty good against the run, generally speaking. Now, Alan Kamara had a good game week one. I, I think we are all kind of throwing that game out, and maybe we shouldn't. Because, you know, it's only a sample of three and throwing one out's not good. But it looks like they've kind of figured out their defensive front a little bit. Now, they're really light up front. Um, it, it, on the defensive line, it's kind of Kenny Clark and nothing else. But they've done a really nice job of moving him around and getting him out on the edge a little bit more, which has helped on the run and the pass. And the Packers have had just the worst inside linebacking court in the league for like, I don't even know how long the Sandy were, like 25 years, way more than a decade. Um, they signed Devondre Campbell in the offseason, who, as far as I'm concerned, is just a journeyman who's never really been that good. He's been outstanding so far um, and really helped up their run defense. That might go away, might just be having a couple good games, but uh, he's legitimately been great. His PFF grade ranks him 10th among linebackers, um, and he's really helped shut down the run. So it actually could be a little tricky, and I know um, it's not like the Pittsburgh offensive line is going to throw its weight around that much either. So... I think this is one where it still might be a little trouble um, to, to run the ball on them.
0: Okay, you brought up the inside linebackers uh, against the run. How are the Packers against uh, receiving backs coming out of the backfield and receiving, and also covering tight ends?
1: Not great. Kind of bad. Um, it's a uh, the problem for the problem that they have specifically is just they're they're not deep in the secondary, and their linebackers are not great in coverage. So if you can get a tight end matched up on any linebacker, you will probably have success. Uh, the 49ers had great success with George Kittle last week. He basically kept them t- in the game single-handedly by exploiting linebackers. It's a weakness for sure. Um, they've had a little more success with running backs out of the backfield, uh, which is actually kind of surprising. Even tomorrow was one of them. Um, they're, they're not good against them. They're best against outside receivers. That That's their strength. Uh, J.R. Alexander um, is you know, outstanding. He's one of the best corners in the league. And it, it looks like Eric Stokes is at least going to be average, which is all we've been asking. Uh, um, opposite Jair for all this time. It looks like we finally have that. So that's good, but everything else is kind of a mess. Um, the, the slot corner position, the starter is usually Chandon Sullivan. and He takes running backs and slot receivers. He's okay. Um, he's having kind of a down year. They've been experimenting with putting Kevin King there who is their former outside corner that lost his job to Stokes recently. Um, he actually is in the concussion protocol right now. Might, might not play. Packers fans are torn on whether they want him to play. Um, the uh, the team loves Kevin King, but nobody else loves Kevin King except opposing um, receivers. They love Kevin King, um, but they've been playing him in the slot. Kevin King is 6'4", has no more no wiggle in him anymore, um, and isn't particularly fast nor a good tackler. And I don't know why they think he can be a slot corner, but if he does play and play in the slot. You can throw it a you can throw it a Najee all game and he'll have a good 150 160 yards no problem.
2: Now, one of the things that the Steelers offense keeps trying to dial up, but it has not quite been successful, and it's mostly been kind of Ben's fault in the way it's uh, deep shots down the sideline, between the numbers and the and the sideline. Have the Packers been giving anything up in that in those kind of areas of the field, or is this just going to be another one of those uh, Steelers fans going to bang our heads against the drywall as uh, as we see another? ball just sail right over everyone's heads.
1: They're really tough to target deep. It it is not the way to attack the Packers. It is a strength of theirs. Um, Jared Alexander is great and going back on the ball. He's very hard to get separation on. Um, I would urge you to go check out his interception from last week where he just was a missile crossing the field, um, completely out of the view of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, it it wasn't even a bad throw, just he broke on it so quickly from so far away. If Ben hangs any up there, he'll have the same thing happen to him this week. And on the other side, Eric Stokes is a rookie. He is prone to getting beat, but he's one of the fastest players in the league and has shown great recovery speed. So he's also tough to target, and often guys will look open on, on him going deep when they're really not. Um, the safeties are both also adept at taking away the deep ball. Adrian Amos is a good, stable presence back there, and he'll get anything that goes errant up in the air. And Darnell Savage is just a missile. He's also undisciplined, but if he sees a ball, he'll, he'll snap. He'll nag it. It's not a good game. Uh, the Packers' defense is uh, not uh, not a good defense to attack if your quarterback doesn't have a rifle. And, uh, you know, Ben, six, seven years ago, would have been perfectly fine against this defense. This is this will be a little trickier for him.
0: Yeah, it's uh, not, not the news we were hoping to hear there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, uh, one of my one of my favorite things about this game is Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger have not played since the Super Bowl. They have not played each other since the Super Bowl, and that's crazy to me. Uh, what what do what do you th- <laughs> and like to me also? I'm sorry, but neither of them have been back. Yep. Like we we I think everyone left that 2010 Super Bowl thinking like you know what. These are teams that could face each other again. Like these, like both these teams are coming back. They're coming back to conference championship games. They're coming back. And not, neither of them have made it back. Uh, how do you think that affects the legacy of those two quarterbacks? Uh, and do you think they're at all tied together kind of because of that kind of story?
1: Uh, uh, so I, I'm not sure they are. They probably should be a little bit more. Um it, Mostly because the games they played have been basically all classics to some extent. There's not, haven't been that much of them. Yeah. But, and they are separated just by time, too, not having played each other since. I was at the last um, Steelers Packers game, I think, it, where Matt Flynn was the Packers quarterback for that game. So, yeah. um, but uh, they probably should be tied together a little more. They're very close in terms of, of the classes that they were in. I mean, they're very similar age wise and time in the league. And yeah, they, they kind of do have that legacy of you know, sort of the next tier of teams to to sort of dominate the league um, after the the Patriots and a few others. So um, it, it makes a lot of sense to kind of speak of them in the same breath together. And I, I do think it hurts them. I mean, Ben's got two. So that's uh, yeah, that, that, that helps a lot too. I think Aaron's hurt a little bit more by only having the one. I think everybody expected him to definitely get another one in 2011 when they had the best offense in the league. And it's generally surprising them in the back. Um, and I mean, not even getting back to one is, I think, even more surprising than not winning one. I, thought, I think people thought the Packers would be there perennially for many, many, many years and just didn't happen. And, you know, there's no Patriots in the NFC to knock them off. They've also had a, a much more random assortment of of kind of garbage knocking them off like Colin Kaepernick 49ers and um, just running into... Sort of Matt Ryan. one-off teams. Yeah, it's a uh, Dallas.
2: It, 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 randomly, it's not a great. no, I still like, lost that one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, a um, couple Seahawks just complete meltdowns. Um, especially so. Um, that that's sort of the Packard legacy is um, crushing defeats at the hands of other teams that didn't really turn out to be juggernauts.
2: Yeah, that uh, that definitely is pretty interesting. Now. Going back to the Sunday night game, I, one thing that kind of occurred to me watching uh, the Packers march the ball down the field, anytime they're in a big spot and Aaron Rodgers needed a play, he was turning to Devonte Adams over and over, like that was the guy. Uh, first and second down, you, you could have some Aaron Jones sprinkled in there. Third down, it, just get ready for D- Devonte Adams. Uh, he's he's definitely kind of a that big target for Rodgers now. It, are there other guys that we need to be worried about or is this, is this a guy that we need to just try to double team and bracket on those possession downs and try to uh, stuff Devonte Adams?
1: Uh, a good way to beat them is to bracket Devonte Adams and take him away. But there are other guys to worry about. It's just a matter of getting Aaron to actually look their way once in a while. Um, one big thing for the Packers is Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, does have a bum hamstring and I, I think is questionable for this game. I think, I think he's going to go, but it's up in the air. And He's a speed guy. So leg injuries kind of sap him of his one really big skill. And he's their number two receiver. He is their really only deep threat. Um, But you still have to be careful with a couple guys, even if he's not around. So um, the one that nobody knows about that is worth paying attention to is actually Alan Lazard, who is the Packers' ostensible number three receiver. But he doesn't play that much because they run sort of the Shanahan offense. It's a lot of 12 personnel and heavy people. So the number three receiver doesn't get on the field that much. But... Um, Alan Lazard's a monster He is one of the best blocking receivers In the league When he's in he functions sort of as another tight end um, If you go ever look at his um, DVOA stats on football outsiders He's actually one of the most efficient receivers In football for the tenure of his career He just doesn't get that many targets And he's definitely a good chemistry Like glue guy gets the team rallied Last week um, they, The Packers um, gave up a, a late touchdown in the first half to the 49ers After they gave up a long kickoff return they do that a lot. Alan Lazard put himself on special teams for the rest of the game and just mopped up kick returners for the rest of the game. That's what he does. He's like a fullback wide receiver. And if you leave him open, he'll actually beat you pretty bad. Last year the Saint, against the Saints, he had like 150 yards receiving. And he jumps up and does that when MBS is, uh, is hurt. They also signed Randall Cobb back in the offseason to make Aaron Rodgers happy. And even though he's ancient, he's actually been pretty good. So... Um, there are some other weapons there that he's comfortable going to, um, especially when he's missing his best guys. You know, also worth noting, Robert Tanian's a pretty good tight end. Um, he was number one in DVOA for tight ends last year and never, ever, ever drops a ball. He's dropped two in his career, one this year, one his rookie year, and that's all. So he has some of the best hands in the league.
0: For Steelers fans, <laughs> I'll throw out there that Alan Lazard is Chase Claypool-sized.
1: Yes, he like, he's a he is, giant he is man.
0: Freaking huge um okay outside of that uh aaron jones aaron jones has been kind of this guy that uh, in fantasy he's like a superstar but the the nfl never really they're always like uh, aaron jones he's a running back he's he's he runs uh how good and how important is aaron jones to the packers offense
1: uh, he's really good. He's a top five back in the league and he secretly has been his entire career. Even when he was an unheralded rookie um, on a per play basis, he's, he was one of the best backs in the league and has continued to be that. So he is uh, really rounded into form as a receiver too. He, he catches a nice ball. In um, the, the last game, I guess it was two, I, I think it was the Detroit game. He had like three receiving touchdowns and he, he is a huge weapon in the screen game um, as well as on the ground. He, He's actually had a little bit of a down year so far. He had really, tr- real trouble against the Saints, but uh, he's been he's been rallying back the last couple of weeks. And they, I think, to the extent he struggled, it's because they have been missing some people on the offensive line. Um, David Bakhtiari uh, tore his is not Achilles his ACL last year, and he won't be back for at least half the season here. And uh, his backup is Elton Jenkins, who is almost as good as he is, frankly. And he's still injured, and I think um, he might be back for this game, but I, I won't be surprised they hold him out. So their offensive line's all rookies. And so they've struggled in run blocking a little bit. And uh, the running game suffered for it. But Aaron's still looked at his old self and been perfectly fine. They can still grind it out on the ground when they need to. Uh,
0: I just want to point out that uh, struggling early in the season, he still has five touchdowns. He in does. In three games. <laughs> okay, Michael.
2: Oh, five touchdowns in three games. That sounds like a pipe dream. Uh, anywho... <laughs> um, Talking about uh, a couple players that don't really get too much uh, love oh, right man. now for Green Bay, and we probably won't see them on the field, but I, I do want to ask about them. Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon, of course, the first two picks of uh, two drafts ago now. Uh, do, do they make any impact on this team? Or are you kind of expecting them to make some sort of a jump in the future? What's kind of the, the deal with the backup QB and uh, now the number two running back?
1: So I'm, I'm not a big Jordan Love fan, and I – I I do a lot of analytics for a packing company, and um, I've got just thresholds for my college quarterbacks that I I like them to hit if they're going to project well in the NFL. Jordan Love didn't hit any of them. He was uh, very inaccurate. Even if you ignore his his last season, where he threw, uh, where he led the college football on interceptions, his junior year is like his good season. What people refer to as his good season, and it was fine, but he still was not a very accurate passer. It was mostly hitting a lot of shots down the field, a lot of big plays. And that can be driven by receivers just as much as quarterbacks. It's often deceptive when you're looking at quarterback prospects. Like Mitch Trubisky was very similar that way. If you want a comp, um, you you can maybe squint and say Patrick Mahomes was that way too, but eh, not really. No, he wasn't. So um, w- with Jordan Love, you're really looking at a developmental guy. He has great physical tools. He had the strongest arm in that draft. He's very fast. But those guys usually don't work out. People say, "Well, Josh Allen worked out," but yes, he's the only guy who's worked out like in the last couple decades that is that profile. So, not a fan of Jordan Love. Don't like that he's caused all this controversy. I like picking quarterbacks. I think it's a good idea, basically every draft. But not the one I would have gone with. Um, so, and I, he's—I I think he is. They're going to try him. He's looked okay in preseason. He's going to be Aaron's replacement, I think, unless he look Unless they know something, they're not letting on. But uh, it's uh, not my favorite. Uh, AJ Dillon also not my favorite. Um, I also am not a fan of picking running backs high. Aaron Jones was a fifth round. Pick. Like the lesson on Aaron Jones is, is pick Aaron Jones in the fifth and don't go up to the second to get guys. And AJ Dillon's really limited for what they like to do on offense. He's not a good receiving threat. I, I know he's like shaped like a shorter Derrick Henry He's a big, huge power guy. He has great spark and, um, you know, like great speed for his weight. Um, and that's all fine. But, uh, He really hasn't impressed that much. He had one good game last year. He's been kind of bad this year. And going back to the Aaron Jones well, they drafted Kylan Hill in the seventh round this year, and he's looked better than, well, frankly, both of them, but definitely A.J. Dillon. Um, He's their kick returner right now, first good one they've had in a while, and a a polished receiver out of the backfield. So I'm not sure if A.J. Dillon's going to be around that long um, unless he starts to actually show up a little bit more on tape.
0: Okay. Uh, You mentioned earlier the rookies on the offensive line. One specifically I want to ask you about is one, Steeler fans, and uh, Michael and I talked about a decent bit before the draft, center Josh Myers. How has he been for the Packers uh, so far this season?
1: Uh, Well, some of the best news you can get about your center is that no announcers ever talk about them. And that's kind of been Josh Myers this year. He's been outstanding. He's been one of, if not their best, offensive linemen. He's one of the highest graded centers in the league, and essentially has made no mistakes. Um, he uh, he's kind of a quiet guy. He's been uh, he's a great run blocker. He hasn't like stepped on Aaron's feet or anything. But um, I think that they have a winner here. But essentially, um, everybody's happy with the Myers pick. He was basically it, sometimes in camp you can just tell when guys are gonna make it when they're they're immediately impressive. And I think everybody in the Packer organization immediately could see, yep, there's our starter, and they really protected him like a veteran. Um, Didn't push him to get a lot of reps. Knew he was going to start, and he's impressed every minute since. Um, He appears to be outstanding and a good replacement for uh, Corey Lindsley. So they did well there.
2: Imagine having a good starting rookie center.
1: Uh... (laughs) (laughs) The Packers are really – so they struggle in some areas. They're not good at drafting receivers and haven't been since – Basically, the Ron Wolf is, well, Ted Thompson used to be good, but, um, they are phenomenal at getting offensive linemen. It, it really just seems like everyone they pick is at least average, and they, they just find like guys in the fifth and sixth routinely and plug them in, and they're just perfectly fine. It happens almost every year. It's, uh, it's definitely their wheelhouse in the draft. Uh, so that's, that's the best part of the team almost every year.
2: Well, I guess the Steelers kind of got the receivers side of things down, but you start hitting on some other positions here uh, and pretty quick. But <laughs> anywho, um, talking about Aaron Rodgers himself again, where do you kind of foresee him trying to pick apart the Steelers defense and where, the, where is he going to look to go with the ball?
1: Um, it, it really does depend on how they decide to defend him. And I will say Aaron does target Devonta Adams to a fault sometimes. So um, he will go to that well until it stops working. And once it stops working, that's when he kind of falls into what I would say is actually the good packer offense, the um, the play action, the mesh routes, and, and things like that, things to generate open looks from other guys. Um, but that's that's really kind of how it works, is they'll start with a lot of Devontae over and over and over again, mixing a few trick plays. And if that start, starts to be stymied a little bit, they'll really hit the deep middle of the field with mesh over and over and over again until that stops working. Um, and then they'll start using motion and play action after that, if that stops working. So they're really sort of an advanced um, analytics team to a large extent. They use a ton of pre-snap motion. They use a ton of play uh, play action um, as long as Devante is not being used overly much. It, when they do get kind of in that funk, it, um, it, one thing to watch for if their offense is struggling is how much he's in shotgun. Uh, if he's in shotgun like every single snap, it means that um, they've gotten away from their offense, that they've stopped using a lot of the the, the motion and things that work and play action and things that work. And, and Aaron's decided he and Devontae are going to hero ball this thing. And that's when they do get into trouble. So um, if they're playing within the offense, though, they're really hard to stop. And it is a lot of deception and open looks in the middle of the field.
0: That sounds so much like the Steelers. like it really, it really does. It's like when we, like, Ben Roethlisberger just goes into shotgun and starts flipping the ball to Deontay Johnson all day. And, you know, and he gets a ton of catches and they don't move the, the ball much. Uh, I'm going to go a complete 180 for my last question here. Uh, I I was born and raised in Michigan. I'm a big Michigan fan. How is Rashawn Gary doing for the Green Bay Packers?
1: He's, I would say, okay. Um which is fine because when he was drafted, he was drafted as a raw developmental prospect, uh, yeah. like doing that, but they did. Um, I thought he was going to bust out because he he didn't show up on, uh, on the stat sheet enough at Michigan for my taste. For a guy who is as athletic as he is, uh, I think he should have popped a little more. Like I've, I heard all the excuses that he was used as a decoy to you know, Winovich and other things like that. Um, but like you should just overwhelm some Rutgers guys and have like a four sack game every now and then. Um, so that that was always worrisome with him. He has started to really come on a little bit more, though. Um, he's, he's, he puts that speed to get, he's not polished yet, but he will get to the quarterback a couple times a game, um, and so if he's okay. Uh, if he turns into a really good pass rusher like next year, I won't be that surprised. If he's kind of averagey for the rest of his career, I won't be that surprised either. Um, he's been getting a lot of time, too, because um, Zedaria Smith has that back and has missed all, all of the games so far this year, and that is yeah. the spot that Gary takes.
2: Uh, So we now have hit the 30-minute mark. Uh, Before we let you go, Paul, uh, one last question uh, for you: Who is going to win this game on Sunday, and what's the final score? And it's okay to—it's okay to pick your own guys. Uh, You you don't have to feel intimidated being on uh, on our show out here in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, I will pick my own guys. Uh, I think if everybody—I wish everybody was completely healthy. I think it would be a much better game in that scenario. But I do think the Steelers have enough injuries that uh they'll be dinged enough that the Packers will be able to take advantage but I don't think it'll be a blowout or anything like that um I'll go like 28 24 Packers something along those lines
2: oh three three Steelers touchdowns I (laughs) after the start we've had I'd I'd be all for that but uh 24 points would be beautiful yeah I guess the last the very last thing Paul is there is there anything you want to plug
1: uh yeah so um if you happen to also be a packer fan for some odd reason um i I host the podcast reporting is eligible over on the Acme packing company podcast network um and if you are happen happen to be a milwaukee brewer fan which also would be weird but hey could happen uh i I host a brewer podcast as well called milwaukee's tailgate podcast so go check those out
2: awesome good stuff thanks paul appreciate uh, all your time uh, you gave to us tonight
1: sounds good thanks guys